Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Wow. Incredible testimonies that we have going on here in, at Portico. And uh, I think it was something so profound that Ariel said at one point while he was talking. He said, I prayed the most simple prayer, the most simple prayer, and God answered it. And I, I think... It tells us something about God's character. It tells us something about prayer, that it doesn't take an extraordinary prayer for God to do something extraordinary in you. I think that's something we can definitely take away. And over the last number of weeks, we've been going through a series called Breakthrough, Unleashing the Power of God in Your Life, where we've been focusing on how prayer plays a pivotal role in helping you overcome whatever that thing is in your life that you are facing right now that seems overwhelming and out of control. Can you imagine, can you imagine if your breakthrough was just around the corner. That thing that you've been wrestling with and struggling with, it was just around the corner, not because of the complexity of your prayer, but because of the sincerity of it. Not because we are good, but because we serve a good God who hears our prayer. And so we're going to just continue rolling into this series. I'm so excited about it. So open your Bibles to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, verse 18. And if, uh, if you don't have your Bible, we're going to have it on the screen or you can, you can get it on your uh, phone uh, or you can just get nice and cozy with the neighbor next to you. You go, you go ahead and do that. I know that uh, Jesse encouraged us to mingle, and I know that there's Christian mingle, so what better place than in church to have a little Christian mingle? Am I right? Amen? No? Dead crowd today? No? You feel me? Come on! All right! Yeah, 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 yeah. I made a Christian mingle joke. It was good, right? Some of you are going to come back afterwards and be like, you know, that was solid, Pastor. Thank you in advance. I appreciate that, okay? And those of you who are... uh, I'm sure the website is great, and and, uh, yeah, God bless you. It'll help you. It'll be good. So I'm going to stop talking now and go to the Word of God, because that's so much better than my voice. All right. And uh, just uh, as we're in Ephesians 6 right now, uh, I just want you to keep it open, because we're going to be referring back to it throughout the service. And so just keep that, uh, that verse specifically open as we talk about how to pray effectively. Now, before we get started with it, um, in this letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, he's writing it for the purpose of encouraging them in the midst of persecution and trials. And at this point, he, uh, the people are feeling the same way that usually we do when we approach difficult seasons. We feel overwhelmed. We feel anxious. Maybe we feel uh, fearful. 
And uh, especially as these seasons are approaching and we can see it coming, we feel like we're already in over our heads. So Paul sees this in the people and he starts to remind them of who God is, of his plan for humanity, and how we all play an important part in the body of Christ. And the, the closer you get to the end of the letter, he gives this cool imagery of a soldier putting on their body armor and getting ready to, for battle. And he, he likens it to how we as believers in Christ need to put on the full armor of God because on our own, we're in over our heads. But with God's help, we have the necessary tools to defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. It reminds me of when I was a, a teenager and uh, my dad was a senior pastor in a town called Stouffville. Um, and uh, anyways, we had this incredible family uh, that started coming out. And uh, uh, they had a son who was about a year older than me at the time. And his name was Stephen. And uh, Stephen was just one of those incredibly amazing guys and very unique. Um, I remember one day... Um, he, uh, I caught him on the, the side of the road and uh, I was driving by and I'm, I'm squinting my eyes to see what he's carrying. And as I get closer, I see that he's carrying this giant cross. And I was like, Stephen, what are you doing, man? And he was like, just carrying my cross and walking. And I'm like, okay, I think that was more metaphorical, but okay, yeah, cool, right? Like, you want to take that physical cross? You go for it, man. Well, anyways, uh, a little while later, um, it's a night service, if you remember those. Um, it's a night service, and, and Stephen shows up. And I remember having my back to the front entrance, and I just hear clinging and clashing. And, and I'm like, what is that sound? And I look behind me, and Stephen is there dressed in full armor, and I mean like full armor. He married, uh, married the, or sorry, he was dating this uh, American girl from down south and they were big into medieval times. And uh, he, had, uh, he had dressed up and she had made this full body armor and outfit with a sword. I know you can get arrested for that now showing up to church in a, in a sword, okay? But anyways, he shows up and, and my dad, who's just so kind and so loving, right? He walks up to Stephen and he goes, Stephen, what are you doing? And Stephen's just like putting on the full armor of God, right? And my dad, you could just see him. He's looking and he's contemplating what to say. And he's just like, okay, okay, come on in, right? Just come on in. And so, I, you know, I look, I think, I'm reminded of this story when I think of the imagery of a soldier uh, getting ready for a battle. And, and I, obviously, I think there's a big difference between, um, you know, the, the um, armor of God, the, the spiritual armor that he gives us, and giant tiger. I think there's two very different things between those places, right? Um, but uh, I get this imagery of God. And so, when Paul is talking, he gives us this visual of what Christians are to look like on a daily basis, every day getting up and putting on the full body armor of God. And, and the neatest thing happens is Paul gives us this, this 
imagery of this soldier ready for battle. The enemy is about to come and attack. You can tell that there's this incredible war that's about to happen, right? They're breathing heavy. The swords are coming out. The shields are getting raised. The enemy is right at their doorstep. And the most incredible thing happens in that moment. Paul gives us this imagery of a soldier as the enemy is about to come down on him dropping to his knees in prayer in that moment. And he drops to his knees, and just to be clear, yes, there will be a battle. Yes, the soldier will get up and fight. Yes, he will use his sword. Yes, he will use his shield. Yes, the soldier will defend themselves. But all of this will be done in prayer. Because as a follower of Christ... Every battle starts with prayer. And every great victory is a result of prayer. Why? Because prayer is essential to your breakthrough today. Prayer is essential to your breakthrough. I love Matthew 5 when it it says in the message version that, that Peterson wrote. He says, when you're at the end of the ropes... Blessed are you who are at the end of the ropes, because then it will be less of you and more of God. Prayer is essential to your breakthrough today. And we know as followers of Christ that prayer is important, but we struggle to figure out how to fit it into our daily rhythm on a regular basis. Life seems to be just too busy to pray. But when you slow down, you take a breath and breathe and spend time with God, you realize that life is too busy not to pray. And it's no different with anything else. For anything to be effective, you have to be intentional. You have to be purposeful. You have to be deliberate. So Paul says in Ephesians 6, if you look to your your passage of scripture today, it says, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit, in all occasions, in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I believe that God wants to do a breakthrough in your circumstance today, wherever you find yourself, whether it's financial needs, whether it's relational, whether it's personal, we have a God who hears us because of his goodness. And he wants to see you break out. He wants to see you break through in your life today. And that as you begin to pray, as you change the posture of your prayer and humble yourself before him, he who is faithful will see you through every battle and every victory that you face. So what does this passage uh, What do we learn from this passage about effective prayer? Well, first thing, if you look to your notes, we learn to keep a running conversation with God. 
Keep a running conversation with God, meaning pray on all occasions. I once heard a story about a, a fisherman, me um, growing up and uh, being born in Newfoundland. I've always got to find a place to do uh, a fisherman story. And so I remember hearing a story about a, a fisherman who was at sea with his, his buddies. And uh, suddenly this giant storm came up. And, and uh, they tried everything that they could to get uh, back to land, but they couldn't find a way at all. And so eventually, with no other options left, they looked to the one friend and they said, well, well you're, you're a Christian, pray to God. And he's like, well, I, 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 I don't know. Like I haven't, it's been years since I've prayed and, and, and truth be told, I haven't been to church in forever. And they're like, no, no, no. Who cares? Just, just pray. And so the man listens to his friends and, and he yells out to God and he, he cries out with everything he has in the midst of the storm. He says, oh Lord, I haven't, I haven't asked of anything of you in 15 years. And if you help us now, bring us safely to the shore. I promise I won't bother you for another 15 You know, and often we can pray, we can pray as a method of escape rather than a constant line of communication with God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Constantly be in prayer. It doesn't mean 24-7 prayer. None of us can talk that long. You know, even when my wife and I were dating, eventually uh, when we got tired of saying, no, you hang up, someone hung up, right? And then you're like, I can't believe they just hung up on me. Maybe they don't love me, right? And you're just calling them again, right? But it's not saying that. It's not saying this 24-7 prayer. But what Paul is saying is keep it open-ended, Keep a conversation going. You know, for example, um, when I talk to my wife on a daily basis, I'm not saying goodbye after every text message, every, you know, FaceTime or, or, or every phone call. I'm not saying goodbye because I know that I'm going to be talking to her soon, right? Especially with the twins coming, right? I'm going to be getting a lot of phone calls, right? And so you keep it open-ended in the, in the same way. It's the same with God, a constant dialogue throughout the day. I love what Philippians 4, 6 says. It says, do not be anxious about anything. And this is what I love here. But in Every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So not just in anxious moments do we come to God, but in every situation, we talk to God. We keep a running conversation with Him. That's one of the amazing privileges that you and I have as a result of Jesus coming to earth. When he died for us on the cross, the Bible says that the veil was torn and that the Holy of Holies was exposed, which means that we could have this incredible conversation, this connection with God on a one-to-one basis where we could always go to God. We don't have to go to a, a second party or a third party, but you and I can have this constant connection with God. And you don't see that in other religions. 
You don't see this relationship with God on that kind of level in other relationships. It's only in Christianity. When I talk to my friends who are of different beliefs and I say, well, you know what? I'm going to talk to God about that. They'll look at me and they'll go, wait, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to pray about that and I'll, I'll get back to you. What do you mean God speaks to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. You need to try it, right? And they're like, oh, how do you do it? You know? But this is the privilege that we have as followers of Christ. You know, it, it reminds me of a story about uh, a prince that uh, his, his father was this incredible king. And one day the prince really needed his dad. And so he runs into the king's court, but this is not allowed. You are not allowed to do that. You are forbidden to do that. It doesn't matter who you are. And so some of the officials see this prince running into the king's court, running to his dad, and they yell at him and they they say, you shouldn't be in here. You're not allowed to be in here and being in the presence of the king. And the boy looks up to the officials and he says, to you, he's a king. To me, he's my dad. And the king smiled and he said, it's true. What is it, son? What do you want to say? And we need to know today that that is how God thinks of each one of us. That is how God thinks of you. You are not an inconvenience. You are not a bother. He delights in hearing your voice. And you know what? I bet if you heard his, the joy and wonder and delight you would experience would be the same. We also need to embrace all kinds of prayers when you look at Ephesians. Embrace all kinds of prayers. If you actually look at uh, the Lord's Prayer when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, we see gratitude and, and thanksgiving, the different types, gratitude and thanksgiving, petition and dedication, intercession, confession, protection. All of these types of prayers are in the Lord's Prayer. Check it out. Let's go over it together. Matthew 6, 9 to 13, for those of you who are taking your notes. This then is how you should pray, says Jesus. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. That's gratitude and thanksgiving. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's um, That's petitioning and that's dedication. He says, give us today our daily bread, that's intercession, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who forgive or who who do wrong against us, that's confession, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that's protection. All these different types of prayer that we should embrace. And you know what, If if I were to really pinpoint, I think one of the reasons why we don't pray is because we don't know what to pray. I know for me, I can overthink things. And so what I like to do for myself, and feel free to use this, is when I'm trying to figure out what to pray in the moment, what's going on, I I ask myself, well, what's going on in my world right now? Is this a season of, of thanksgiving? where, you know, things are going really well and we're just so grateful for opportunities and and things that God has done. Is this a a season of intercession where I need to talk to God and really seek out his will? Is this a season of petitioning? Uh, uh, Maybe it's a season of protection where there's a lot of things that I'm afraid of and I need God to be my strength, to be my rock. 
And so I ask, God, what is going on in my world? And then I pray about those things. We also need to tune in to God's voice. Tune in to God's voice. We need to be alert. A really interesting story in, in 2013, there was a new, news uh, broadcast of, uh, of a little boy named Grayson Clamp. Maybe you know this story. And Grayson couldn't hear. He was born deaf. And at three years old, they had tried all these different surgeries to fix the nerves that, that weren't properly sending signals to his brain. And they had tried all these different surgeries and they couldn't figure it out. And one day, the University of North Carolina, these, these uh, doctors got these, this idea of maybe we can try this. And they, they actually implanted nerves to send a signal uh, to the brain. And, and so they, they started working this and the, the surgery was actually a success. It was an incredible success. And as they finished this, millions of people got the opportunity to watch to see the look of wonder and joy on the little boy's face when he, when he heard his father speak for the first time. You can find it on YouTube if you want. But he had this just wonder and joy in his eyes when he got to hear God's voice. And I think like Grayson, when you learn to develop a sensitivity to the voice of God, learning to tune in and listen to God's heart and voice in every situation, you will see a drastic change in your life, a drastic change in your marriage, a drastic change in the workplace, in your community, because you will tap into the wonder and joy that comes from hearing the voice of God. And you'll be able to pray into wherever he is leading you with confidence. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We need to make sure that we tune in to God's voice. And in the, in the process, we need to persevere. We need to always keep praying. I remember a story about a, a fifth grader who uh, he had heard a sermon about persistence in prayer. And he was praying by himself in the room one night. And uh, as his dad passed by the door, uh, the, he could hear his son just constantly saying, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. Anyways, the dad didn't think much of it. And he gets up the next morning, and as he's getting ready for breakfast, he, see, he hears his son at the dinner or at the breakfast table saying that again, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. And so just curious, he, he asks his son, and he, he, says, he says, son, what are you doing? Why do you keep saying Tokyo? And the, pro, the boy replied, he said, well, I, I had a wrong answer in my test the other day. And so I'm just praying that Tokyo becomes the capital of Mexico. <laughs> and here's the truth. Tokyo. You're going to drive away being like Tokyo. Here's the truth, though, is that there are situations and times that call you into a season of prayer. And it's important. It's important in that season not to give up. To be diligent to persevere, to not get distracted and lose heart, to not lose focus, 
but continue to persevere in prayer. I love Colossians 4.2. It encourages us to devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, committing your life to Christ. Check this out. Committing your life to Christ, uh, to Christ is devoting yourself to a life of prayer. When you make a commitment to Christ, you're devoting yourself to a life of prayer. Because communication is essential in any relationship. I don't know one su- successful relationship that, that's worked where communication wasn't a factor. Because the truth is, especially in our context when it comes to life, when it comes to living our best life, when we're able to tune in and persevere and hear the voice of God, Romans 12 says you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, which is so important. Finally, we need to pray for the church. We need to pray for the church. Pray for all of God's people. Paul said in Colossians 1, 9 to 11, he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with all the knowledge of, of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in everywhere, bearing, uh, bearing fruit in every good work with all power according to his glorious might so that you can have great endurance and patience. You know what? God is using the church to be a light in darkness. We need to pray for the church. We need to pray for people in the church, not tear them down, but we need to pray. Society right now, if you look at any news stream, if you look at any social media stream, if you talk to the average person, our society right now is in a deconstruct place of mind. We're deconstructing everything. We're tearing everything down. And the biggest problem that we're actually facing today is even though we're tearing stuff down and and some of it is good that we're tearing down. But because we're tearing all these things down, one of the things that we're not doing as a society is nothing is being built back up again. We've got all these values and beliefs and these these circumstances and opinions and we're tearing everything down. But what's being built up? Nothing. And this is where the church is meant to shine. Because the church understands the importance of when, we, when you said yes to Jesus, you were saying, not my will. You were saying less of me and more of you. You were saying, deconstruct me, God, and build me into who you want me to be, the best me possible. And so we as a church have a wonderful thing. Not only do we know how to deconstruct and do it with love, but we actually know how to build up again. And this is where the church can shine in our society today, in our community, because there are a lot of depressed people that have been broken and they're looking for mending and you have the answer because you have the spirit of God in you. Because you know what, it life, uh, what it's like to be spirit-filled and to be so whole and so full of love and grace and goodness. You have the answer. It is Christ in you. 
And so we have this wonderful privilege as we see people all around us getting brought down, we have the privilege to pray for them and to see them lifted up again. We have that opportunity. You have that opportunity. You're not in these seats just to fill them on a Sunday. You're in these seats to get your neighbors in them too. Right? Let, just look around right now. Don't look at me. Thank you for looking at me. I appreciate that. But giving your attention. But see the empty spots? Those spots are for your brothers and sisters. Those spots are for your, your neighbors. Those spots are for people who may think that you're their enemy. Pray for them. We have a wonderful opportunity today. I honestly believe, I believe that when we catch the fire, when we catch this idea of being a light in the world, we will not be able to be in this school anymore. We'll have to go somewhere else and trust that God will provide our needs and hopefully some of our wants, right? Big screen TV or something, I don't know. But I actually believe this for Milton. Rachel and I took this position because we really believe that the Spirit of God is moving here and is wanting to do something incredible in and through you. And so we need to pray for the church. And we need to pray in the Spirit if the band can come up. We need, to, we need Spirit-directed prayers. Spirit-directed prayers. Paul says to be continually filled in the Spirit. Why, why do we need to be filled with the Spirit? Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When you pray in the Spirit, you are unleashing God's power in your life. The disciples alone were just fishermen and tax collectors. But the moment that they were filled with the Spirit, that they had those Spirit-directed prayers, they became world changers. They literally became world changers. Think about this. Where in society do you get this idea of equality, this idea of equity, this idea of forgiveness, of humility? You know where you see that? In Christianity. Those are the essentials. You don't see that in other religions. Which is an amazing thought to think that even in secular cultures, secular countries, you're seeing these values lived out. That is the influence of the Spirit of God moving through average, ordinary people that just caught the fire. They caught the Word of God and they just went out and did. They did something about it. didn't mean that they were exempt from struggles from temptation or trials 
but it did mean that the Spirit would help them in their times of trouble. Just look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes when we don't know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. I remember a story about, um, it was about early, the, the early African um, nations that started converting to Christianity. They were very earnest in their prayer, very intentional and sincere in their, in their not only public praise and prayer, but also in their private devotional life. And each would have these uh, separate spots in, in the thickets, in the, in the, in the backcountry. And because they were so devoted to prayer that the pathways on, uh, to these, these areas of prayer would get trampled on so much that, uh, that uh, they would just get well-worn, that you could tell where someone's area of prayer was. And one thing that it actually helped the, the communities was when they noticed that maybe one believer was struggling in their prayer time, over time, the, the, the walkway towards that area that they would often pray would start to grow over with grass. And so they would say to their, their brother or sister that was struggling in prayer, they would say, brother, sister, the grass grows on your path. The grass grows on your path. On, on, on your path. In other words, are you okay? What's going on? You're not praying as much. So let me ask you today. What is your prayer life like today? What needs to change in order to see a breakthrough in your life? Just like the members of this tribe would say, where are you? What's going on? They would encourage each other to get back into prayer. Today I encourage you. You want to see success in your prayer life. You want to see success in your life, in your family, in your businesses, in your, in your communities. Pray like Paul prays in Ephesians 6. Get back on your knees before the battle starts again and pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for your kindness and your love. Lord, I pray for anyone here today who the last battle or the current battle has, has, has brought them to their knees, not, not out of prayer, but out of exhaustion. I pray today that they would find strength, that they would find hope and be encouraged today. And Lord, that they would they would get back on the path, that they would, they would start getting back on their knees and diligently praying. God, that your will would be done in their lives on earth as it is in heaven. God, this is our prayer today. This is our hope. And we lay it in your hands. We lay it at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen.